Hey everyone, I'm Renee Bennett. Consider me the girl next door, having conversations that will help challenge and shape your worldview in a culture that has turned our moral compass upside down and inside out. To chat with me further, come join me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. No topics are off limits. I'm really glad you're here. Now, on to today's episode. Hey guys, just before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to say a big thank you to the supporters that I have on Buy Me A Coffee platform. Thank you so much to a brand new donation from Pam. I really appreciate it and the beautiful comment that you also wrote. And just a quick acknowledgement to my members, Brooke, Victoria, Chloe, Anonymous member, Kylie, Sophie, Louise, Marie, Pam, Christina, and Renee, not me, another Renee. Guys, I appreciate you so much. If you would like to support um, Girl Next Door, you can do so. The link is in the show notes or it's on my Instagram. Um, Just a cute little platform. And as I say each week, my goal is to have 50 members so that I can actually podcast a day a week. That's what I'd love to do. All right, but on to today's episode. Um, it's a little bit of a sad one. I want to unpack the shooting that happened on March the 27th last week in Nashville, which occurred at a Christian primary school. And I want to have a look at it. Well, three different things today, and we've got a lot to pack in. Um, it's probably going to be a long episode today. Um, I want to look at what happened in case you're not aware, and just to give you a little bit of the detail, how this shooting is being reported and what all of this means for us over here in Australia, also just for us as a society, and especially us who are Christians. Now, I know that sometimes the news on this will change on a daily basis, but this is what we know at the time of me recording this. So in Nashville, Tennessee, on March the 27th, a 28-year-old a trans person known as Audrey Hale, biological female who identified as a he, him, and uh, called herself recently, Aiden, drove into a Christian primary school called Covenant Christian School. It's just a little Christian school of about 200 students. Now, it's a private Presbyterian school, and apparently uh, the shooter, Audrey, attended this school as a child. We're not quite sure how many years she went there. So the school was preschool or is preschool to year six. Now, before this happened, Audrey warned a friend via text that something was about to go down and that she wanted to die. And I quote from the text, I'm planning to die today. And then she told her friend, you're going to see this on the news. Now, apparently she also has written a manifesto, which at the time of this recording, we still don't know anything about it. It hasn't been published. She also had apparently a map of the school and a full plan of how she would enter and carry out the attack. Now, we do know that she was under the doctor's care for an emotional disorder, but police are not aware what kind of treatment she was under. So she drove into the school, I think it was around 10 o'clock in the morning, and opened fire and killed three nine-year-olds and three adults. Now, let's start with the 
little nine-year-olds. And this is just so close to home for me in the sense of, you know, being a teacher and specifically in a primary school. And for many years, I've taught nine-year-olds, William Kinney, Evelyn Deakhouse, and Hallie Scruggs. Now, Hallie Scruggs was uh, the pastor's daughter, the pastor of the church that was attached to the school. She was also the youngest Uh, girl in the family. She had, well, the only girl in the family with three older brothers. The three staff members were all aged either 60 or 61. Mike Hill, who had seven children and 14 grandchildren. Catherine Kuntz, who was the head of the school, and a substitute teacher, Cynthia Peake, who was also married with three kids. Now, all three of these people had a strong faith. Now, I just want to say that the head of the school, Catherine Kuntz, what a fantastic head of school that she was. Now, she was seen to be completely prepared for this incident. So uh, before she was killed, she apparently knew the exact head count in the school. She had all of the kids locked down and she knew that two kids were unaccounted for. She had done and really well prepared the school uh, by doing active shooter training. So it was reported that the shooter apparently fired multiple rounds into several classrooms, but she didn't hit anyone inside those classrooms because of how well prepared they were. And the teachers knew exactly what to do, how to fortify their doors and where to place their children in their rooms. So it could have been much worse, even though it is so tragic that three children and three adults' lives were lost. Now, the police, uh, I think two or three policemen, bravely went straight in, open fired on Audrey Hale, which uh, is what took her down and then ultimately killed her. So that is what happened. I want to look at how this is being reported on. Now, firstly, I really didn't see a lot about it on Australian news because when I saw it on my Instagram, I immediately went to my news feed and I'm like, this is going to be front news, right? Like surely the Courier Mail here in Queensland are going to have that at least on their Facebook. Crickets. My news feed was crickets. Now, it's also very interesting how a lot of the articles that I did read and especially the American ones actually avoided giving the shooter a pronoun. So we're going to focus on that a little bit in a moment, because like I said, the shooter, Audrey, identified a biological female who identified as a he, him, and used the word, the name Aiden. So in a lot of the articles, they were calling her the shooter, the killer. Uh, They avoided giving her a pronoun. They would call her by her last name, Hale, or even the person. They were all avoiding calling her what she is, which was a female, she. However, the initial police chief, he did say what she was to the media outside the school directly afterwards. He described her as a 28-year-old female. Now, women shooters are very, very uncommon. The New York Times reported that there's been 172 school shootings where there were at least four victims in America over the last five and a half decades. And out of those 172, only four of those had been women shooters. And out of those four, two of those were not women acting alone, but women acting alongside men. So it's a tiny, tiny amount. So obviously that poses a lot of questions. Now let's talk about 
the President of the United States and what he had to say. And this is all important, guys, because it actually has a lot of repercussions for us here in Australia. So just bear with me as I talk about how this was reported in America. But the President of the United States, Joe Biden, really absolutely disgustingly before he addressed the media just after it happened. And you can Google this. You can hear this for yourself. In fact, I am going to show a few recordings. Uh, I'm going to play a few different recordings today, although not this one. But while he was waiting in the room with all of the press there, he was videoed joking with them and talking about chocolate chip ice cream. So at first he was like, hello, everyone. I'm Joe Biden, of which everyone thought that was hilarious. And then he said, I'm the husband of Dr. Uh, Biden, of which everyone thought that was hilarious, like children have just been gunned down and they're all in a room laughing and he's laughing. And then he said that he came down because he had heard that there was chocolate chip ice cream down here. And he's not joking, by the way, apparently he said he's got a freezer full of chocolate chip ice cream upstairs. He then went on once the cameras started rolling for real to make a statement around the shooting, giving his sympathies, but his main focus was not at all about it being an attack on Christianity. When he was asked about it, he just kept saying, I don't know. Uh, but what he did go on and on about, which is an American thing, we don't have this issue in Australia, was about the gun control. And he was saying how it's the guns that are killing our children, which of course, the first thing I think of is, hey, mate, guns don't just get up on their own and kill children. There has to be human beings holding those guns. So what is going on with the human beings behind them. So the other thing about the way this is being reported on is really strangely, guys, instead of celebrities and large corporate companies and the government standing in solidarity with the Christian community, instead, we are seeing support the other way for the transgender community. Now, we've all seen it before when something terrible happens. Celebrities and corporations, they usually put out a statement um, and they talk about how, you know, they're going to stand in solidarity. And usually there's some sort of hashtag that pops up like, you know, we're standing in solidarity with Ukraine or we're standing in solidarity with black people or we're standing in solidarity with whatever it is. But on this one, we don't see any of that. We're not seeing uh, Coke sitting their employees down like they did over BLM, asking all of the Christian employees of Coke how they're feeling right now. No, we're not having or seeing any support for the Christian community. Absolutely blank. Now, there are some who are saying that this should be investigated as a hate crime targeted against Christians. But most are ignoring this fact. Now, with any other shootings that any of us have followed, there's always a lot of discussion around who the victims are and who the shooter is. And very importantly, they're always talking about, well, what's the nature and the motive of the crime? So for example, a couple of years ago, we would all remember the New Zealand Christchurch mosque shooting that happened in March of 2019. Now there was in-depth coverage of this attack. Now, obviously this shooter, he did start to, um, 
live stream it on Facebook, where he went to two different mosques, killing 51 people in the Muslim community. Now, it was made very public who the shooter was, that he was a young man from New South Wales. He was called a right-wing extremist and a white supremacist. He was also racist. This attack was planned. He'd written a manifesto, which he had released just before the attack, which I said he live-streamed. Now, clearly, this was stated as a terrorist attack on the Muslim community. I remember there was a a hashtag. I can't remember exactly what the hashtag was, but there was an immediate hashtag on on standing with the Muslim community. Now, the Prime Minister of New Zealand, Jacinta Ardern, she's famously known for her response because she put on a hajib, and there's photos of this that went all around the world, and she made it known that the victims of the shooting were a beloved integral part of New Zealand and an integral part of the members of the community, and that the attacker was not. She came out in the hajib, showing complete solidarity with the Muslim community while condemning the shooter. Her words were, and I quote, speak the names of those who were lost rather than the man who took them. He may seek notoriety, but we will give him nothing, not even his name. So where's the solidarity to the Christians right now? Where's the hashtag standing for the Christians? There is none. Now, other things that are unprecedented here, along with the fact that nobody in authority is rushing to call this a hate crime or an attack on Christianity, is that for the first time ever, compassion and understanding is being shown toward the attacker, toward the murderer. Why? Well, we all know why. It's because of how she identified, is because she said that she was transgender. The New York Times and CNN, by the way, issued apologies after misgendering Hale and failing to use her preferred pronouns in their initial stories, like as if they needed to give some dignity to someone that just opened fire and murdered and killed three innocent nine-year-olds. During the press conference, like I said, the police chief referred to her as a female who identifies as trans. Now, the media followed suit, but later made those apologies, especially when the gender identity advocates accused mainstream outlets of misgendering and dead naming. Do you know what dead naming is? It's when you call a transgender person by their birth name instead of the new name that they've picked as part of their gender transition. Now, everyone seems to be really scared of the gender activists. Now, take note, guys. Take note of this. The last person to talk to Audrey via text was her very good friend. And her friend in those texts called her Audrey. And guess what? Audrey did not correct her. So where Jacinta Ardern said that we will not name the shooter in New Zealand, here they are saying... Shame on anybody who is calling this poor person the killer, Audrey, instead of Aiden, even though Audrey herself did not correct her friend. What delusion is happening here? In fact, they even counted the number of times that Audrey was misgendered. This shows just how far this ridiculous narrative is going. Mainstream America is worried about the pronouns of a child killer. Now, the famous social commentator Piers Morgan said, and I quote, 
I have many concerns about the child-slaying transgender school shooter in Nashville, but none of them involves giving a flying foo, but he didn't say foo, about using the preferred personal pronoun. So here we've gone from don't even speak his name in the mosque shooting in New Zealand to not only saying the name of Audrey Hale, but apologizing for misgendering her like she deserves some kind of respect or acknowledgement because she was trans. One reporter said it like this, worrying about the feelings of a psychopath who has killed three children and three adults rather than being concerned about the actual crime committed by that person, we are in crazy territory now, aren't we? End of quote. Now, the media, even in the event of mass murder, are worried about what the gender identity activists have to say. The other thing that is unprecedented is never, ever have victims been blamed while the perpetrator has been justified. So various news reports are linking the trans person, Audrey Hale, and the school shooting with the fact that Tennessee, where this happened, have just passed various laws banning transgender medical care for minors, as well as laws around adult entertainers in the form of drag. Let's have a listen. The shooter has been identified as 28-year-old female Audrey Hale, such as a former student of the school, and confirmed that Audrey Hale was a, identified herself as a transgender person. Uh, it, state of Tennessee earlier this month passed and the governor signed a bill that banned transgender medical care for minors, as well as uh, a law that prohibited adult entertainment, including male and female impersonators after a series of drag show controversies in that state. So it's very interesting to hear a news anchor who's linking the new laws that have just been passed banning the um, transgender medical care with the shooting. Like, what are we meant to make of that? Let me play you another little snippet. This was just days after the shooting. Uh, this was spoken by the White House press secretary. Um, uh, her last name is Jean-Pierre. I think her first name is Corinne or Karina or something like that. She was asked about the lawmakers passing these bills and how the trans community are wanting to protest them, these bills that are being passed. So she was asked for a response. Have a listen to this. A psychotic transgender person shot up a Christian school in Nashville, Tennessee. Six people died. Three of them were children. This is what the White House press secretary had to say. People don't want their freedoms to be taken. They want us to fight for their freedoms. And so it is shameful, it is disturbing, and uh, our hearts go out to uh, the, those, the trans community as they are under attack right now. But this is a president who has said many times before he has their backs, he will continue to have their backs, uh, and he will continue to fight for them. I'm sorry, am I missing something here? Whose back is it that the president of the United States, whose back has he got? Not the Christians. What was it that she said? Our hearts go out to the trans community as they are under attack right now. But don't worry, Joe's got their back. Not our hearts go out to the Christian community. The Christian community are under attack and the president has their backs. So it's all like pretty backwards. 
This is a real turn of events when in every other shooting, it doesn't matter what the excuse is or what the reason is, a perpetrator's actions are always, always condemned and the victims are always supported. Now, I didn't know that we could actually excuse the murder of three children. I didn't realize that killing nine-year-olds could be understandable if the victim had suffered grievances. Now, the narrative here clearly is, well, you did change the laws just before this happened, so kind of had this coming. Mind you, it wasn't that Christian community that changed these laws, right? It was the politicians. Hale did not go into parliament with a gun. She went into a Christian primary school. Why? Because we all know, of course, that what Christians believe is diametrically opposed to what the trans community believe. So this whole you brought this on yourselves is apparently the acceptable excuse for shooting children. Imagine if that was the narrative in New Zealand towards the Muslim community after the mass shooting. Well, you kind of brought that on yourselves because you all are immigrants that did invade our country after all. There would have been an uproar and rightfully so. The majority of the media are talking about the shooter, Hale, as a victim Apparently, her parents were Christian and didn't accept her wanting to be transgender. The Daily Mail reported that her parents wouldn't let her dress like a male at home, which, by the way, can we just make a little note here that how old was she? She has a 28-year-old living at home, right? But apparently, her parents rejected her, her school rejected her, but hang on a second, what do they mean? What does the Daily Mail mean by, by uh, rejected? The school did not kick her out. Her parents didn't kick her out. Like, guys, they're supporting her. They were looking after her, and she was 28 years of age living at home. They were just refusing to affirm her as male because they felt that would harm her. The implication here is that it's the parents' fault because they wouldn't say, yes, you're a man. So in other words here, they're being forced to accept something that they didn't believe. So now we're going to have a gun put to our heads. Believe what we say or else. Now, imagine if we did the same. You know, I'm a pastor. You guys know that. We um, give people sometimes the opportunity to, you know, for prayer or for salvation. Can you imagine if at the next altar call, a pastor were to just whip out a gun and confess the Lord Jesus as your savior or else? Because this is what's happening, but in reverse. On Saturday, I, sh I saw this short video on Instagram of all of these, um, I don't know if it was a rally or protesters, but there was a group of people inside a building in Tennessee. Uh, it may be they were trans activists, but I'm not sure. But they were all standing together, raising both arms, holding up seven fingers. And you could hear a guy saying, every death is a tragedy, y'all, seven lives. And then the person videoing, you could hear their voice saying, yep, there were seven victims, man. Now, last I counted, there were six, three children and three adults. But now they're saying seven and they're holding up seven fingers because they're including the murderer, the girl who killed six people in cold blood, who looked at and shot three little innocent sweet baby nine-year-olds, a victim. 
no, 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 no. She does not get to be a victim in this. This is how depraved our world has gotten that this person gets to be a victim because of her identity, that we now have certain circumstances apparently where it's totally justifiable to kill children. Now, how about we be really clear here that most average people do not subscribe to this ideology. Most of us just want to be left alone, go about our business, but trans activists are forcing people to care. And it really is ticking off the majority of people. They're making this whole shooting about themselves, but it really shouldn't surprise us because this is an ideology that is self-obsessed and self-absorbed. Now, the Bible has warned us about this, that evil will be called good and good will be called evil. Isaiah 5.20 says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Well, we're here. This is it. There was an organ or there is an organization known as Trans. It stands for Trans Radical Activist Network. And they were planning a trans day of vengeance. Now, this was a protest that was being planned before the shooting. Okay, this was not in response to the shooting. But it was only after a lot of disgust that they were going to go ahead that they've decided, well, they're not going to go ahead. And so it was meant to happen on Saturday, April the 1st. Now, obviously, like I said, they had this planned beforehand and it was in Washington, not in Nashville. And the thing I'm wondering is, why is this an even a thing in the first place? Like, it's glaringly obvious the fact that they are calling it a vengeance day, the trans day of vengeance. That suggests violence. Peaceful protests are one thing, but seeking vengeance is quite another. Imagine if all the Christians came out right now and said, we're planning a day of vengeance after what happened to the six people at Covenant Christian School. Now, you know, this group uh, apparently on the, well, not apparently, I went to their site and it said that they don't want to condone violence, but the word vengeance itself, that means punishment being inflicted in retaliation for an injury or an offense. Retribution. What do you think that sounds like to you? That sounds like violence. But they decided that they're not going to go ahead with it. And by the way, get this, they're not doing it in order to stand in solidarity for the children and the adults that were murdered. Right now, of course, not everyone in the trans community is violent. Of course, majority of them would not be condoning um, what what happened and what Hale did. But then they should be coming out saying that. But clearly there is a group who do not feel this way because they're not stopping it in order to stand in solidarity for the Christian community. They're not stopping it out of respect for the lives lost. No, they're actually doubling down. They actually said the reason they're stopping it is because they were receiving threats there was not one sorry. There was not one bit of acknowledgement of the children that were killed. There was not a, we are devastated and do not condone this behavior in our community. Let me read a little bit of their statement. They said, this action will not be taking place Saturday due to a credible threat to life and safety. The safety of our trans community is first priority. 
This threat is the direct result of the flood of raw hatred directed towards the trans community. Everything in the statement is about them. Nothing at all about the lives that were lost. They are doubling down on the narrative of uh, what they're calling the genocide of trans people. Now, you're going to start to hear that term more and more. But if that's the case, they need the evidence to back it up. So the deal is that we are basically having to celebrate what they tell us that we should celebrate or we could die participate or will punish or cause, you know, injury because you're injuring us. Now, within 10 minutes of the shooting, do you know what the hashtag was that was trending? It wasn't hashtag I stand with the Christians or I stand with Covenant Christian School, nothing like that. The hashtag that was trending was hashtag trans terrorism, focusing again on themselves and not the real victims. So what does all this mean? Well, We've clearly, our society has lost their way because there's just no right or wrong anymore. It's all about how you feel. And this is what happens. And I've spoken about this before. I've done podcast episodes about why religion is good for our society. This is what happens when you get rid of the moral fabric of a society, the Judeo-Christian values. Even if you don't want to go to church, even if you're not a Christian, even if you don't read the Bible, Our society thrived far more when it was built on Judeo-Christian morals. I mean, what if a white Christian male went and shot up an LGBTQ place, right? Like if we flipped it all, there would be an absolute uproar. So what is the takeaway from all of this? What, What is it that we need to know? And to me, it's actually a really big question. And the question is this. Can you see the moment that we're in? Do you get it? Are you reading the culture right now? You know, 100% of the focus and the outrage here should be in support of the Christian community, but it's not. The police have the manifesto. They know exactly why she did this, and yet they are silent. They already know if this was a hate crime against either the school or, or Christianity, All they have to do is come out and say, hey, we've read it and no, it's not. Or yes, it is. Like why the silence? Well, it most likely confirms what we suspect already, that this is a hate crime against Christians. You know, in any other tragedy or any other shooting, we talk about the motive, you know, was it homophobic? Was it Islamophobic? Was it racist? But not this time. And it is because of the moment that we are in. And I'm just wondering, can you see it? Because current culture is not on the side of Christianity right now. Cultural Christianity is no longer accepted. Once upon a time, it was seen as good. And then slowly it moved to people being a bit nonchalant, you know, kind of like, okay, well, you do you if that's what you want to do. And then it's moved to um, actually Christianity is harmful. And now it's teetering on being labeled dangerous. So we actually have become marginalized. But you know what? I actually want to encourage everyone because the pendulum always does swing back the other way. And this is when the church shines the brightest. This is when we shine the brightest, but only if we recognize the moment and we stand firm in the truth, which by the way, is God's truth. That terrible, tragic shooting might've been in America. And you know, there might be some of you going, oh, thank 
goodness, you know, that's not what Australia is like. But guys, there are certainly many, many signposts of the path that we are headed down. Now, I've talked about a few of them here before. The Manly Seven, who was stood down from playing the Pride round for not wearing the Pride jersey. Andrew Thornburn, who was forced to resign after a day of being CEO of Essendon because the media made sure that excerpts of sermons, not even from that he spoke, but that was spoken from his church ages ago, years ago, that made the front page of the Herald Sun. I don't know if you guys are aware of Moira Deeming, a liberal MP in Victoria, who, by the way, was just suspended. They were going to kick her out altogether, but they kindly decided only to suspend her for nine months, not because she did something immoral or terrible, but because she was the speaker at a rally for women's rights. Three rights that they were talking about, the right to be in a bathroom without a biological man, the right to compete in sports without biological men, and the caution to take a minute before we agree to gender reassignment surgery for children. For speaking at that rally, she was suspended, by the way, from the Conservative Party, from the Liberal Party for nine months. So we will be marginalised just because of what we believe, because we won't affirm children going to pride marches with our Prime Minister, because those marches are highly sexualised, because... You know, we don't want to affirm children choosing their gender when they're not even allowed to vape or take Panadol without written, you know, uh, permission or drive or drink or stay home alone because we're worried that gender reassignment surgery um, can harm them. Uh, because we're worried that taking hormones that, by the way, are experimental and haven't actually been approved might do more damage. So even though we're saying all of these things because it's our religious, you know, out of religious beliefs, which, of course, we believe that everything that God says is being said out of love. So what do we do? Well, we each have to hold the truth in our own space. We have to hold it in our families. We have to raise our kids in it. We have to put God first and love God the most, because that is what he tells us to do. And then we love people second. Uh, we go to church. We stay in a community of faith. We don't give in to a government who tells us what we should and shouldn't celebrate. We don't water down the gospel with a more acceptable version. We walk with holy courage. We walk in love and we shine. Just like Matthew 12 tells us to do, we are the city on the hill, the light on the stand, the salt and the God colors in this world. And if you think that this all sounds so far-fetched, let me remind you that it was just last year here in Australia, in Victoria, where year eight students were identifying, or a year eight student identified as a cat, and the school supported her. It had become wildly, wildly popular on TikTok uh, a little while back. And let me quote from a source close to the family of this student, no one seems to have a protocol for students identifying as animals, but the approach has been that if it doesn't disrupt the school, everyone is being supportive. And that right there is the issue. There is no protocol. And so it's pretty much whatever you want goes. Whatever you feel goes. But God has set a standard of truth, and we can hold to that while still being compassionate and loving. 
It's because God is loving that he holds us to account. It's because God is loving that he disciplines us. It's because he is loving that he says no to us. I love my kids deeply. And because of that, I don't give in, and I didn't when they were growing up, to what they wanted if I knew that it was not best for them. Guys, the majority of us in this country do not subscribe to all of these woke narratives. The majority of us in this country know that men cannot become women and women cannot become men. The majority in this country know that it is not tolerance to chop off children's genitals. Come on. The more of us that speak up, the lower the price goes. If only a few of us speak up, we pay a high price, right? Taken to court, lose jobs. It's much harder to make us pay extreme prices if there are many of us. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. Guys, there is a generation depending on us. They're babies. These are children. They can't speak for themselves. They can't speak for themselves. It's our job to protect them. It's our job to speak up for them. So um, our prayers, I know daily my prayers have been with the Nashville community. And I know that it seems like, wow, that's just happened so far away. But in reality, it could be any of us. It could be, you know, a Christian school up the road from us. And so um, I know that our hearts, all of our hearts, is for people to feel loved and accepted But that doesn't mean subscribing to things that we know are going to harm people, especially children. So I pray love and courage uh, for you today. And um, thank you for coming along and listening. And uh, I'm going to be back on Friday, Good Friday. And I've asked my kids to come. So that should be a good one. Not quite sure what we're going to talk about yet, but I'm like, guys, if I can get them all in one room, it will be a miracle. Not quite sure what I'm going to ask them, but maybe I'll pop it on Instagram and you guys can um, put some ideas in there for me. Anyway, guys, have the most blessed uh, next couple of days. Have a great Easter with your family, but I will be with you on Friday for Parenthood and an Easter special. Until then, bye.